We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the KCSN Draft Show. He's my favorite player in the draft. This dude right here, he's going to be one of those guys that I stand on the table If for. I could, I would trade up for this guy. This guy has a beat on an early My Guy stand. A very merry draft miss to all of you. Thank you for listening to the KCSN Draft Show. Uh, really excited. Uh, the moments you know, are, are getting shorter and shorter between us and the NFL Draft. You know, you're going to get some big landmarks here coming up pretty quick with free agency is going to help kind of set the stage for what the Chiefs can do in the draft. And we got some fun stuff planned. We're going to do a mock draft pre-free agency with our guy. Find him on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew Lane. Hello, buddy. What's good? Listen, I'm just doing this podcast right now so that I can buy time. And maybe when we're done, there's like NFL news that's happening because I don't know how I'm going to make it through this uh, this weekend. It's going to be the slowest weekend ever i was saying earlier this week how this offseason has gone fast and i didn't realize that free agency was almost here nope the uh the slowness is definitely settled in now as we have to wait this entire weekend and like people are trying to tweet out baseball news as if somebody cares <laughs> yeah you know i was thinking about this and it's like a little bit of a bummer because like i i love baseball but like you know all these free agents in, in baseball are probably going to start hitting in like a jimmy g jimmy g trade would just from from a news cycle perspective would blow it out of the water and that just makes me sad <laughs> you know like that's just the, that's just the state we're in right now it's kind of disappointing but um if you are listening to this and you haven't had a chance to uh pre-order the KCSN draft guide this is a chance to do it uh if you go to gum gum.co slash kcsn22 you can get our draft guide which is gonna have 225 plus write-ups on prospects and how they fit the chiefs specifically um you go there for $24.99 you get the guide but you also get six months to the kc sports network Substack. we've got a lot of really cool stuff that we're doing there um so uh yeah the, i think the the link to the guide uh to, to purchase the guide is in the description the guide releases april 11th but you're going to get access to kcsn Substack immediately so um yeah i would uh i would suggest doing that and what we're going to do today is we're going to do a mock draft uh, a full Chiefs mock draft. 
Uh, but it's kind of just based on what we know now and what we and, and kind of based on, you know, pre-free agency. So we're looking at how we prioritize this draft, how it changes as, you know, the living, breathing thing that is the Chiefs free agents move, free agency moves kind of evolves. And but this is kind of just our initial snapshot, kind of looking at it going, OK, I'm standing here today. This is a big concern. Uh, and we'll just kind of go pick by pick here and talk a little bit about all these guys. So pick 30. We've got the Chiefs taking cornerback Kyer Elam out of Florida. Maddie, new name for us to talk about this week. Yeah, Kyer Elam is. And I think it's not a new name if you follow like the NFL draft. It's a guy that a lot of people had in their top five corners going into this past college season. But you know, he didn't have the strongest year. There was an injury in the middle of the season. Some people started to question his long speed, but then he comes out at the combine and runs sub 4-4, which, I mean, he's probably a low 4-4 guy on a non-Indianapolis new term track. <laughs> like, he's still fast enough, though. For a six foot two, 195-pound corner, this is a guy that has the physical presence and then has the athletic traits that you draft in the first round. So this is, the, this is a clear-cut move to make if you're the Chiefs. This kind of also centers around, though, kind of what you do in free agency. And I think, you know, we were talking about as we were going through this draft, I'll let Kent give, you know, some of the other guys that were available that we are deciding between. But the concept was, we don't know what's going to happen in free agency. You don't have to take a corner if you go out and sign a true number one corner. You don't have to draft one in round one. But if you don't go sign a guy that's a Charvarius Ward level player or probably better, you kind of have pigeonholed yourself that you have to do this. You have to go take a corner, whether it's a reach or not, in the first round, because you do at some point in time in the game of football have to cover the other team. <laughs> yeah, and especially if your pass rush isn't going to be able to get home consistently. And like this, there's big, there's obviously some big holes that are going to be filled on the defensive side of the football. You're going to get more clarity uh, next week when it comes to defensive end, when it comes to corner. You're going to have some answers about where the Chiefs are prioritizing their money what kind of stuff that they're going to do. And I think the hope for us as we were looking through this is, yeah, right now the Chiefs really need a corner. The best value on the board for us was at corner. But you kind of hope that the Chiefs get, in the, get themselves in a situation where they've got corner and, and edge you know, short up enough that they might be able to take Lewis Seen at a safety uh, out, of, uh, you know, at, out of Georgia, a guy that we did a, a film breakdown on uh, on the KCSN Substack uh, Discord channel. You can get access to that if you subscribe to the KCSN Substack too. But uh, yeah, I mean, like it, it, the board kind of opened up a little bit more, and you know, there's some really good value with a guy like Scene. We had to bypass that to take Elam because we really need, in our opinion, here to address cornerback. Uh, pick 62 is you know we're, we were talking here a cornerback and pass rush, right? Well, there's pretty good value, pretty good player on the board at 62 for the Chiefs. Josh Pascal, the defensive lineman out of Kentucky. A unique body type, a unique unique player, but overall, I think a pretty good fit here in Kansas City, Maddie. Yeah, and the best way I think I can describe Josh Pascal is kind of like he's a he's a bigger version of Mike Dana, right? Like that's what you're gonna he that's the way he plays. So he's a good run defender. He's a guy that's very active with his hands. There's a little bit of burst to his game, but you're not gonna confuse him for this kind of uh super flexible, explosive edge rusher, but rather a power player that has reduced to the inside at plenty of times for Kentucky. He's played out on the edge, so he's He's close to fitting all of Steve Spagnuolo's kind of prototypes. He's got the height. He's got the weight. His arms were a tad shorter than the Chiefs normally like, but if that's the only thing that you're going to go ahead and miss, the Chiefs will you know, make a little bit of a, an exception for that. So you get Pascal. I don't think he's coming in to be a, you know, your first 
pass rusher. He's not a tier one pass rusher. So you're hoping you sign somebody in free agency here. He's a complimentary piece that plays on early downs as he develops a pass rush plan. He's a guy that can become more productive as his career goes on. So I think he's a great second rusher, but when you're the Chiefs and you're drafting at pick 30, then coming back around and you're drafting at pick 62, you can't really do much better than that. I like the idea of kicking him inside on rushdowns too a little bit because I really enjoyed watching him rush from the interior. I thought he did a lot of damage out there. Actually, I'm not sure his best rush position isn't along the interior uh, when I was watching him. So that's he's just an interesting piece you kind of add into the mix uh, on this defensive line. Uh, I, I think it's a I think it's a, a fascinating add and a versatile piece. And yeah, like early rundowns, I think he's a guy that can really base up well. Uh, but I think there's some really there's some juice along the interior uh, that you could you could maybe unlock a little bit as well. Kind of add some versatility to that group. Do you have something else, Maddie? Yeah, I just want to ask you a quick question. It's like let's this is the way this draft starts. What level of free agent? kind of where you would you expect or not expect like would you have to sign to feel good about this what kind of defensive end would you have to sign in for agency to feel good about the way these first two picks have gone i mean i think then this is a great question and like this is us kind of I, this is a great question i think it's probably like if, if the chiefs the only move the chiefs make is a darius smith at edge i mean you don't feel great about it but i don't think you feel terrible about this group i think you know especially considering there's a lot of needs other needs that they've got to address if it's just Zadarius Smith, where are you at? Uh, it's close, right? Yeah, it's, you're, you're like <laughs> right on the fringe. Okay, so I'll tell you this. If it's Zadarius Smith and then the Chiefs also get Melvin Ingram as the summer goes on, he's ready to come back. Okay, like I I can deal with the Zadarius Smith, Melvin Ingram, Josh Paschal, Kando, Dana defensive end room at that point in time. I think you're not going to get a top five defensive line pass or shooting out of those guys. You're just not. There's not enough juice. There's not enough speed on any of those guys coming off the edge, but it's enough, you know, butt kickers it's enough guys that can play physical that it can be a good pass rush unit I would say though if it's just like one guy I would hope to get better than Zadarius Smith but you start looking around if you're not going to pay Von Miller or Chandler Jones on a one-year deal I don't know if it gets any better than Zadarius Smith now I will say this you give Von Miller as a one-year signing and then draft something like Joshua Pascal and I still would be lobbying for Melvin Ingram to come back now all of a sudden that room looks pretty good though you have a guaranteed winner that provides some actual speed off the edge Pascal compliments them really well because he's more of a run defender, more of a power player. You now kind of have this compliment on either side. So like it all depends on what level you want to spend in free agency. But I don't think I could go any lower than Zadarius and feel good about him being like the first defensive end I pick. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the line. I think we found the line. <laughs> Honestly. And I think that, but that's what's so interesting is like this team needs help at corner. This team needs help at edge drastically. They've got to address one of these. I would bet on them uh, more than likely addressing with a veteran edge rusher than they would um, a cornerback investing in a cornerback because the cornerback market's just not good. And if you if there's not very many Charvarius Ward level players uh, that you're going to be able to replace Charvarius Ward with, so he's going to get paid. Good for him. Receiver is where we went at pick 94, round three. Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Massive human, tested extremely well, big-bodied wide receiver, uh, could fill in as an X-type, Maddie. Yeah, and th this is a guy that I've kind of been all aboard the Alec Pierce train for a while now. I knew the testing was coming. If anybody had followed college football, this is a guy that played a lot of volleyball in high school. He came to Cincinnati and they as like a running back and linebacker, and they didn't know where to play him. And it didn't. It wasn't until the second or third year that they really moved him to wide receiver, and you could tell he was slowly picking up on it. But I mean, he's just a a height 
weight, speed, explosive ability kind of receiver. He's he's Christian Watson. Chris, sorry, Christian Watts, Watson. Watson. Yeah, I had it right. I had it right. I, I he was a he's Christian Watson. Just for some reason, he doesn't have the same hype despite being at Cincinnati, and that kind of surprised me. I think not having the best Senior Bowl limits him a little bit there. But we're talking about a guy that's jumping 40 inches, running a 4-4 at like 211 pounds. Like this is the perfect developmental X-type wide receiver that everybody wants the Chiefs to get. And is that a bonus? He's a pretty darn good blocker. So like he's kind of everything that the Chiefs want out of that second wide receiver to play across from Tyree Kill. Getting him at the end of the third round is, yeah, he's a little bit of a project, but there's so much there to work with. Agreed. And, you know, I it, I was very interested in him because – you know, I when I I thought he was a little bit more stiff through his frame than what he tested, uh, but he's definitely dispelled some of that for me a little bit as the as the process has gone on. But unique body type, uh, you're not going to find very many big, fast, strong guys like him. I think he's a willing blocker. I think there's a lot of good things to work with there as a receiver. And I mean, getting him at 94, I think is pretty good value. Uh, if you ask me. Okay, we're gonna go to safety. Finally, we're gonna finally address the safety position. Uh, and we're going to go Nick Cross, the safety out of Maryland. What do you think of Nick Cross, Maddie? So th- this is an interesting spot. And so we, as we've been talking here, we've been talking about how this stuff all relates back to free agency. And I really don't think, and this is kind of one of the reasons why, I don't think that you have to go get a safety and free agency because here we are talking at the end of day two and we're getting a Nick Cross. And I know he's not a household name, but I mean, this guy ran 434 vertical jump of 37 inches, broad jumping 130 inches. Like he is an absolute freak of an athlete track star coming out of high school. And that doesn't always translate to a good football player, but you watch him on the football field. There's a very clear way you use him. You put him in the box, you let him run downhill and hit people and you put him over tight ends or slot receivers and let him cover them in man. And you get yourself a pretty good player. It's like you find this guy at the end of day two, that's a quality pick. This is why I don't know if you have to go spend a lot of money in free agency. Now I will say, the one slight holdup with this is somebody has to take control of that secondary room. Right now, we're getting a Kyir Elam. We're getting Nick Cross out of this draft. I don't know if any of those guys are it. It's like that's the one small holdup you're getting, but we haven't decided to put anybody in free agency in here. So, like, the talent at safety is going to be there through at least round four. I really don't see why the Chiefs have to go side one. I'm, I'm worried about, you know, the, the, the leadership, you know, and I'm worried about the communication in the middle of the field. Uh, obviously, but I, I get what you're saying at the same time. Like maybe they can, maybe they can afford to, to skate from a cost perspective at the safety position a little bit. It's going to be interesting, but, um, yeah, I, I like the idea, uh, of, uh, of Nick cross here. So let's go to pick 133. And by the way, we're using the current, uh, draft pick projections per the draft network. They do wonderful work. Shout out to the draft network. Uh, pick one or one thirty three. We're going with an interior to defensive line. We're going with Otito Agbanya uh, out of UCLA and uh, massive human. This is a guy that definitely fits the one tech mold uh, in can you know for for uh, for C Spagnolo. Ogbani is a it's an interesting guy because UCLA has one of those um, college defenses that they just sit there and slant a bunch of their defensive line all the time. So all these guys are stunting, slanting into a guy next to them. They're not particularly trying to two gap. They're not playing with extension. So you haven't really gotten a good chance to see how well he plays as a two gap player as a you know as a pure run defender. But what you can see is here's a guy that has over 34 inch arms. 325 pounds and he's got a good first step like at the very worst case scenario you're getting a big body that's explosive enough to insert himself into a gap 
eat up space and at least force blockers to come after him. Like I think he at very minimum can do that if you can't work on his hand technique and his leverage to turn him into a true one-to-one Derek Nottie replacement. Like it's not great business to have to go chase and replace a nose tackle. You'd almost rather just be able to sign this one and a half down player in free agency. But if you do have to, here we are looking at a day three pick that I think can provide, you know, almost on day one, 90% of that level of play that you're missing. So like this is another reason why it's a position. I just don't see the Chiefs having to attack in free agency and that you can probably fill a little bit later in the draft. Well, length, strength, and leverage for this guy. And I think you can drop him in a gap and he can eat up double teams at times. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to be a force to reckon with along that interior. I think he can hold up really well there. And yeah, there's some traits to work with. That initial first step is something that you can definitely uh, work with. And uh, I like the idea of a guy like him. There's a lot of these big body guys that you can look at up and down this draft, you know, um, that can that can sit in a gap and uh, and really be a problem uh, in see Spagnuolo's defense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So pick 189, hitting the tackle position up, Vidarian Lowe out of Illinois. What do you like about what do you like about Vidarian Lowe, Maddie? Could he well, do you think he could do you think he could step in and play right tackle? Yeah, and not day one. I don't think he's a day one starter. I think this is a guy that you're bringing in to provide competition and you're kind of hoping it, hoping that he can develop into that if Lucas Niang doesn't pan out. But I mean, what you do like about him, he's a big, well-built offensive lineman that has over 35-inch arms. We all know Andy Reid loves these long offensive tackles as we kind of everybody focused in on last year. We know the Chiefs have been at least interested in him and talked to him at the combine with one of their official visits. So like, here's a guy that we saw at the Shrine Bowl, and he, he looked good. He looked like one of the better offensive tackles out there. He used that length well. He's a powerful guy, so you're not really going to run through him. I think he's going to need some work, you know, working into a more vertical pass setting offense like the Chiefs run. So that's why I don't know if I feel great about putting him in there early. But we're also talking about a mid-day three pick that has the potential to push Lucas Niang beyond this season. I think that's what you're looking at. You're looking at a guy that can provide depth and competition. And this is the guy, definitely a guy um, that can do it. He's, you know, 
He's got good measurables. I got the, like that's at least a baseline. I believe we got to see him play a little bit on the right side as well. I think he was able to jump, move around. Like they moved these, they moved the offensive linemen around a lot at the Shrine Bowl. Um, so I think this is a very interesting swing in day three. Pick I believe the th- second day they took everybody that was on the left and moved to the right and vice versa. So yeah, at least like one day they just switched everybody just to have them do it. You got to see, yeah. So you got to see, you got to see him do a little bit of work. Uh, okay, so running back is where we're going at pick 230. And we're going with kind of one of the bigger home run hitters, I would say, in this class. Ty Chandler out of North Carolina, who was one of the guys that lit up the combine at the running back position. Listen, this this is one of your guys, so I'll, I'll let you take Ty Chandler. Man, he's he's interesting. And I we were sitting here working through this mock draft, and we're looking at some of the running backs available. And I think... I think this guy presents a very unique skill set that maybe this team doesn't have a ton of potential or ton, a ton of right now. And that's a, a guy that can hit a home run, a guy with some long speed, a guy that is a big play hunter. And he is very patient behind the line of scrimmage. He's a guy that is going to kind of wait to let the block develop, but he's going to explode. He's going to use that long speed. He's going to use that kind of explosive nature as a runner um, to, to try to generate some explosive plays. And there's a little bit of Damien Williams is a bigger back. But there's a little bit of Damien Williams to him in that sense is where he's kind of a guy that's looking and hunting for some explosive plays. And, you know, the Chiefs really didn't have that out of the running back position last year. They really don't have a guy that can do that right now. I don't I don't even know if the current version of Jarek McKinnon, if he is to come back, is really the guy that's going to be busting these long explosive runs. And so uh, Ty Chandler, the good and the bad with him, home run hitter. I mean, there's some there's some plays where he gets a little too greedy. He tries to give the play too long of a chance, and he's kind of hunting a little bit when he should just get what's blocked. But, you know, I think you can live with that because of the explosive run potential that he does have. And he showed some ability in the passing game too. Uh, you know, showed some quality ability there uh, at the Shrine Bowl that maybe he didn't get to flash at North Carolina as much. Do you have anything else on him? I think he's a pretty decent receiver. Um, you, I think he showed it off at the Shrine Bowl. They actually had him working out, and it's mostly just little swing passes and dump offs. But you could see that he was kind of a natural. He was catching the ball, keeping his momentum, turning up field as he brought it in. So, like you bring the home run speed, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, and like that often can find a place in the NFL. Andy Reid teams have been desperately looking for guys like that throughout his entire career, and I think if you're going to want to continue to hammer this outside zone stuff that the Chiefs are still trying to run. A guy like Chandler, who isn't the most elusive, but he can put his foot in the ground one time and explode through the gap. Like that's kind of perfect for him. So like he might have that kind of Damian Williams like role for the Chiefs, in which he's pretty specific in the type of runs he's going to do, or he's going to be in there to you know catch passes, maybe pass protect a little bit. It's a very narrow gap or like window, but he might be really good at it. And I, it's a diversification of the skill sets this team has. Like, I really like that he's adding something to the running back room that they don't have right now. And we're adding another guy to the wide receiver room with pick 240. We're going with Javon Hiley out of Coastal Carolina guy. We got to see at the East-West Shrine Bowl as well. Uh, and I think we've talked a little bit about him as, you know, a, a potential slot guy uh, and one of the better route runners, honestly, in the class. Yeah, it, one of the biggest combine snubs. I, I was actually blown away that he was not at the NFL combine because he provided some, vert, you know, a downfield threat for Coastal Carolina his past couple seasons there. And then you pair that with his ability to run routes with his showing at the Shrine Bowl. Like, I, I'm actually really surprised he didn't get that combine invite. But like Ken said, he's a really good route runner. He's so smooth. His footwork is precise. And he's got a good enough frame on him that you can kind of use him at all three levels. Strong hands. Again, like Alec Pierce, 
a really good blocker. So whether you're going to play him in the slot or out wide, he can handle the physicality. And that's something that Chiefs do ask. You know, look at Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson. These guys stuck around on this roster. And it wasn't because they were just great receivers from the get-go. They were willing to do the dirty work. They were willing to block. And that's Javon Hiley. I think he's just a perfect fit. And I think there's a little bit of a chance that he slots in as kind of that possession slot receiver to pair with Alec Pierce on the outside, Tyree Kill, McCall Hardman speed. He's that extra guy that can maybe help Travis Kelsey over the middle after he gets his feet wet in the NFL for a little bit. I think pre-process, a little earlier in the process, I would have guessed highly um, is here this late. But I think from a testing perspective, I don't think he's done himself any favors. Some of the tracking data at the East West Shrine Bowl, the expectations are, I mean, I don't think anybody ever thought he was going to be a burner, but I don't think he's going to help himself uh, much with his long speed and some of his athletic testing. I don't think it's going to be particularly kind to him um, as we've kind of, you know, got to see him against different talent, different skill sets, and also, you know, some of the data that's out there or not out there, depending on, uh, <laughs> depending on, yeah, who we have access to. Um, one more pick at pick 248. It's Dakobe Durant. Uh, South Carolina State, the cornerback. Um, what, do you, what What's your take on Jacoby Durant here? This is kind of a steal, uh, in my opinion. You get he's undersized. You're looking at a five foot ten, 180 pound corner. This guy is 100 going to play in the slot at the next level. But you've seen success with multiple teams around the NFL running these a lot smaller slot defenders, especially to come in on their dime packages. And that's kind of what he is. He's a cover corner with all good ball skills. And he's a sub four, four guy that has incredibly quick feet. Like, I think that's where you have to start with him is his ability to just mirror receivers, slot receivers, these quicker twitched up receivers on the inside. He can mirror them with his quick feet. He has the burst, the explosiveness to stick with them. Once, you know, they finally come off of their route stem and he's proven to have ball production with 12 interceptions over his career, his best game, came against the highest level of competition against Clemson. He came down with two interceptions. Like this is a guy that goes out there and competes when he gets a chance. I'd be a little surprised if he's here this late, but then, like I said, five foot 10 slot only corner. Here's a guy that I think at least you have the Avenue. If the chiefs want to get Snead back outside, if they don't want Legarius Snead sitting all in the slot, covering Hunter Renfro man-to-man coverage on these 18 break whip routes, like which isn't Snead's game, this is the kind of guy that can come in and do that from time to time. So like that gives you another option on the inside that complements what Snead currently does there. I mean, he's small. <laughs> like he's a he's a he's a small guy and you know, all the measurables don't really play well to him. He did run fast and credit to him for that. And like there's a good athletic profile to work with. You gotta wonder if he's gonna hold up in the run game a little bit. He's not gonna be a guy that you're gonna really rely on in that area. Um so He's fascinating. And I mean, yeah, maybe he does go a little bit earlier, but like slot corners fall all the time. Like this is the stuff, you know, we fall in love with slot corners every year when we're doing the draft guide stuff. And every year these guys fall a lot farther than we anticipate. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, so I I don't know. It's just what the NFL tells you. It's it's why I can't fully get on board. And Craig's been talking about this. Roger McCreary in the top 50 is just such a hard pick because here's a guy that is absolutely slot cornerback size. And now he's coming without even elite athletic testing. It's like the NFL will play these guys. They matter in the NFL, but they're also telling you where they value them by simply never taking them early. But also like, I mean, he's got sub eight, uh, sub 30 inch arms, right? Roger McCreary has sub 38 arm, 30 inch arms, right? Sub 29, sub 29. That's right. And like the number of guys that have sub 29 inch arms 
and are playing at the next level. Like they are a significant outlier, right? I mean, like I think Craig put the list together and there's really not a ton of guys that wind up having a lot of success. Nor do they get drafted highly. Like, yeah, and that's the next thing. They just don't get drafted highly at all. And when they do, they usually come with elite athleticism, which McCreary just kind of misses all those. So that's what's so interesting. And I mean, again, like at least, I mean, at least a Kobe Durant has an athletic profile. So I'm going to run through this draft again. Real quick, pick 30, cornerback Kyer Elam out of Florida. Pick 62, edge Josh Pascal out of Kentucky. Uh, pick 94, wide receiver Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. 102, safety Nick Cross out of Maryland. 133, Otito Agbanya, defensive tackle out of UCLA. 189, uh, odd offensive tackle Vidarian Lowe. 230, running back Ty Chandler out of North Carolina. 240 wide receiver Javon Hiley out of Coastal Carolina pick 248 cornerback Jacoby Durant South Dakota South Carolina State so Maddie just thoughts on how we did how this played out for you do you think what, what are your overall thoughts about the draft that we just put together you know I I can see how it works I can picture a realistic free agency class that you could pair with this that is going to set the Chiefs up to have a you know, a quality outlook for not only 2022, but going forward. Like I think when we talked about it and we went through this, we didn't want to set any particular players in free agency, but we acknowledge that it's going to matter. So getting a potential cornerback one in the first round, getting that complimentary rusher, filling out some receivers that could pair well with the other guys that we have. Like, I think this draft without knowing what happens in free agency, it's pretty good. I don't love Josh Pascal is the only pass rusher that I know for certain coming on the next team. Like, I still think that's a scary thought. We talked about it. You got to get Chandler Jones, Vaughn Miller, Zadarius Smith to even feel okay with him being the only pass rusher, but the Chiefs draft at the end of every single round because they're so good. Where else are you going to get ta- more talented guys? Like, you either have to make a trade or go sign somebody. I like... I, I, I love the choices we made in the top 100 as far as not players but positionally and i think we're honestly in some way regardless of what the chiefs do in free agency i think those probably should be the four you're gonna need a corner long term what you know and you maybe you get one of these guys on a big deal but i still think you need a long-term answer at cornerback uh edge i think you need to continue to load up on multi-year contracts at the edge position um out you know wide receiver at getting a young x-type guy uh, even if you add another receiver, I think adding a, a receiver makes a lot of sense early in safety too because Juan Thornhill's gone next year. You've got to add a young safety. And I said this on the laboratory this week. You have to add a young safety in that top 100. I think one of the first four picks has to be a safety because they need uh, a young guy. They need a guy under contract moving forward. So um, I like where we went with all those decisions. Um, any other thoughts about this draft, Matty? No, I, I like the way we built it out. I think you can see a very clear path to how this is going to work. And I think you can also see where the flaws might be. Like there's, we didn't do, and again, free agency plays a huge role in this, but I don't think our first couple picks necessarily give you the guy that you think is going to become that leader, the alpha of any particular part of the defense or the offense, which is something that you would have to address in free agency. And like, it's unfair to ask a rookie to come in and do that, but I, to me, there's just like a difference between hearing some of the stories you get about guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Lewis Seen, guys like that that have taken complete command over their defensive units, you know, this past season. Getting a guy like that if you don't sign one in free agency is paramount. It's like I am slightly concerned by that, but out, I mean, 
you have the entire free agency period to get that. I like the players. I like the positions we addressed in this draft. No, I mean, that I feel good about it. It's just, I would be a little concerned at like how everything is going to go in terms of communication, leadership, and where that all goes. Cause I know Chiefs fans are tired of hearing about it, but it matters. It matters mm-hmm. in football. It does. It absolutely does. And we're on the verge of getting a lot more clarity about this football team, but this is how we see it as it stands. And uh, obviously this thing will change as the free agency period changes this football team. And we can't wait here at KC Sports Network. Make sure you stay tuned to all the stuff we will be talking about we'll be covering uh next week as the legal tampering period uh takes off on monday that's going to do it for the kcsn draft show thanks so much for listening we'll catch you later it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.